in Toronto, and we have Eva in Illinois, Eva Staten, who's here to talk to us about serial killers. And I'm very subject. excited. <laughs> Maybe true crime in general, but probably serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin because I can think of two things that are important to me. One is that there is a new serial killer caught. And the yes. second is that it looks like there's a serial killer active in Chicago right now. 
by the river. And I cannot yeah. believe that they haven't even declared it, that it could yeah. be connected. It's ridiculous that they think that all these young men are just falling into the river drunk. Right. It's right. And they do. I think there is a correlation that many of them are gay. And, yeah. um, you know, they did this in Toronto with the serial right. killer there. Right, Eugene? Yes. And for years. Yes, and, the, and the police denied there was a serial killer for the longest time. I don't know if you know that story, Eva. I don't. Okay, I'm going to send you a link for it later. You're going you're gonna to find it absolutely skin crawling. It, it's, it's pretty chilling because the guy who did it was a gardener who did landscaping for people. And that's where he buried parts. In like oh, yuppies. In other people's houses? Yes, yeah. in yuppie gardens. Oh, like it's it, from... So my theory is that, you know, sometimes wow. yeah, you can tell me if this is true or not, but sometimes they argue or the theory is that um, they become cycling when triggers happen. And I know that he lost his house. So I always thought psychologically he lost his house and his life, his wife and everything. And maybe he resented people who had houses or something, you know, <laughs> plus yeah, I guess he, was gardening, he could go back to his trophies. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I never heard of that. Please send me the link. I will I, definitely I, I, send you news stories on it. Yeah. And there was, there was a, a strong belief among a lot of people in the city that that the police weren't trying all that hard because it was gay men getting killed. Yeah. And I wonder if that's the case in Chicago now. I mean, exactly. because I, it blows my mind that after all these people have been found, they're like, oh, no, no, it's not related. It's not yeah. related. Yeah. Like, of course it's related. The summer of drowning. Um, and the other thing is to what to to add to Eugene's thing is the other idea is that because they were people of color in Toronto. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that um, and they were sense. very like immigrants, some of them, and you know, kind of outsiders or yeah. possibly pushed into an outsider role. Yeah, that's a shame. But th did they catch them, Eugene? Did they? Yeah, they got them. Oh, yeah, oh, good. How long but ago? They, if they, if they ought to have been able to get them a lot earlier, yeah, 2019, I think he was caught. Wow, yeah. oh, you're gonna love you're gonna find it a very interesting story. So, I've um. Or should well, we start say, with I, the idea of why are we compelled to talk about serial killers or research them? I don't know. There's so many things question. we can talk about. Yeah. yeah. Why I, are we obsessed? I blame my parents. My father, when, when I was little, my father oh. used to read this magazine, uh -huh. Alarma magazine. It's, it's, it's no longer in publication, but it was sold here in the States too and stuff, but it came from Mexico. Okay. And I mean, I'm, in my 50s this magazine was around when i was like four or five years old i uh -oh. used to see it on the table and i just became obsessed like oh. paging through it and it was so graphic it was like cartels and just these i mean and they showed like stuff that people seek out in the internet to see crime scene photos and stuff like that mm. that was published wow so i think and i just i don't know what it was i just whenever my dad had that and, and he just left it laying around like nothing <laughs> Right. I mean, it is kind of shocking, right? It's sort of shocking. Well, my dad left Playboy lying around, but I think about it, you know, you think that's just a normal part of life or something. Yeah. And I guess that's what, you know, I used to page through it. Oh, he got a new Alarma. And I was just looking through it. And my mom was always a true crime person. She still is at 80 years old. She's like oh. fascinated by all these new cases and stuff. And we love to talk about it and whatnot. Um, so I, I think it was just something I grew up with since for the past 50 years right right My family's interested in it and then i wound up marrying somebody who <laughs> is very involved in that scene right he publishes on it doesn't he yeah he yeah. uh he he used to be john wayne gacy's art dealer 
Wow. So, yeah. So, uh, well, that that's dropping a bomb right there. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got some stories. Yeah, he he was involved with the uh, whole um, West Memphis Three, like gaining. You know, like he 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 played a part, I guess, in um, the website, like free the West Memphis Three yeah. website and stuff. Yeah. He went and visited them in uh, oh. in prison and stuff, and he you know played a big part in the beginning of. The beginning of the end for them being in prison. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Well, they were lucky they had people supporting them and like famous people like Johnny Depp and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, I mean, I guess for me, it's I'm trying, I was trying to think this morning, what, when did I first know the word serial killer or something? And it probably was pretty young. It was with a lot of movies, um, you know, and, um, and the movies escalated over our lives. Right. There's even a documentary. How long do you think the word's been in, the the term has been in existence? It must what? be like a mid twentieth century term. Well, the actual I I believe the actual term serial killer came up in the maybe in the seventies, late seventies. I think when uh, the uh, was it the F not the FBI um, the uh, yeah I guess the uh, what are they called um, profilers. The profilers, yeah, he uh, coined that term yeah. back in the seventies. Yeah. But I mean, they're they've been around for a lot longer. But they finally got their own <laughs> name. name. Yes. yes. Oh, and that's a good question. How long have they been? How come it seems like there's so many? Um, yeah. And you know, and it it also seemed like I know they are international, but it certainly seemed for a long time they were mostly in the states, and it still seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, and you know like what I like to call the heavy hitters, you you get all these like people, but they're all from like pre-internet time. Mm-hmm. So it was so much harder to catch them. I mean, you got your Bundys, your Night Stalkers, your, you know, all those people. Now I think it's becoming so much, well, with the exception of the river ones, because they're not even you know, considering it could be a, the work of a serial killer, but I think it's a lot easier to get caught now. Yeah. With all the like, surveillance and stuff like There's that. There's cameras and, everywhere now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and maybe uh, you're only getting one, one or two victims. You know, Um, I I think I mentioned this to Eugene the other day. One of the other reasons why serial killers, and it it is the audience, really is female for the largest part. It is. We're the victims. Yeah. So you want to know who's the monster out there that could get you? I think you know. And um, I remember, and Eugene might remember this too. And I'm sure I told you even uh, when we were having beer one time, is that I told my dad I was going to the te- uh, Ted Bundy. I mean, um, Paul Bernardo trial. My father was like, "What's wrong with you? You're a ghoul." And I went, "What would have gone with you?" <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And I said we stood out in line overnight, and in that lineup, it was all rape crisis workers. It was all women, and it was all women who um, were feminists and wanting to know how long had this been going on why is who is this person and um, my dad had to change his tune i was like dad who else would go to a jury of their peers you want to see who's your your um the monster yeah, the monster, yeah for well, sure and, and it's like facing here, your fears yeah i don't know if the news has reached you folks there but a couple of weeks ago paul bernardo was quietly transferred to a medium security prison in quebec um, from the maximum security prison he's been in for, well, since he was in prison. Um, and they tried to just quietly do it, and it turned into a real shitstorm all over the news and talk radio and that kind of thing. Because people are are outraged, and they had someone on from, 
you know, the prison bureaucracy who said, well, you know, there are, there's a process and there's, um, there's checks, there's, you know, there's boxes to be ticked and he's ticked enough boxes that, uh, that he qualifies for this move, but they, they advise the, um, the federal government people, the minister in charge and, um, the minister's people kept it from him and didn't um, oh. didn't tell him that this was going to happen. And it's like the people working for for the minister, they're like they're really young people who wouldn't have even been around right. and have no idea of how horrible the concept of Paul Bernardo going to medium security is yeah. for so many people in this country. And yeah. perhaps a danger to the people in the prison themselves, the people that work there, you know. Exactly. You know, you, you don't think about that portion of it. Like, um, I had a friend who was actually a, a prison guard. Um, I forgot which prison in Illinois he was working at. And he had been a prison guard, I think, for like 11 years. And he did the night shift. Mm -hmm. And somehow one of the prisoners, uh, his cell wasn't locked. I don't know how that happened. He dragged him in there beat him, stabbed him multiple times. Oh. Oh, Luckily, wow. he survived and he was like, I quit. Yeah. We don't tend to think about the, the things that can happen to the prison guards. And yeah. you're right. Like, yeah. He could very well, Paul Bernardo could very well be a, a threat to them. And, you right. know. and although his interest seems to be women, when you're hungry, sometimes you'll eat anything. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, the, uh, that exactly. which, which reminds me, there Carla Homolka is out, though, right? Oh, God, for a long time. I I understand that she may be living. Yeah, in, she's got a family. family. She's got a family and kids and stuff, which is just a depressing. Yeah. You know, um, I think that there is some theory that serial killers settle down when they're in prison because they're getting three square meals a day, and they're yeah. not maybe not have as access to as much um, substance. Yeah, uh, abuse, true. even though we know drugs and booze probably does get made there or snuck in. But in general, what those things seem to um, antagonize the trolling instinct or neurosis yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Which, you know, all of those things, they're still not really sure. Are we sure what makes a serial killer? Is there variables we can avoid? Head injury, for sure. Yeah. But I was looking at a list and there's something like 40 serial killers in the United States were in Vietnam. Wow. Yeah. I was not aware of that. Yeah. And, um, well, there has been a military correlation, especially with um, people like Son of Sam and David Chapman and Jeffrey Dahmer. Was oh, it, yeah. Were they part of MK Ultra or these training programs for a silent killer and they got activated by accident or, or something? Like David Chapman, the idea is that John Lennon was assassinated. There's many people that feel that he was too much of an influence on young people. And yeah. admired and he had to go. That's a really wow. interesting take on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the military uh, angle, I never you know, I know like so they I they, well and some of them were involved um with the, a special um project, Phoenix project, I think Phoenix operation, where it was a very violent, it was all the torture, village burning. They may not have been the ones um it was really Vietnamese that were um military that was doing that, but they were assigned to work with them. And so and someone, Richard Ramirez's uncle was from Vietnam, and that's yeah, where he got his first. He killed his wife in front of Ramirez when he was just a young boy, oh. and he was um, from Vietnam and stuff. So he yeah. had come back with 
Yeah. You know, the issues that they did back then. And yeah. I think that's where now speaking of Ramirez, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the, speaking of Ramirez, before I forget, yeah. there's a woman now. I I fell into a deep rabbit hole recently <laughs> this week. Taylor Shabusiness. Have you heard know. of her? No. Look her up. Okay. They're calling her the female Ramirez now. She just um, her trial just went only because of her 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 face. She has had violent outbursts in, during her trial. Mm. She she's she was on trial for killing her boyfriend. Oh. But the things that she did were horrible. Oh, what did and he do? She. <laughs> yeah, they were. You know, he, the thing is, he didn't do a thing. Oh. They were being intimate, and then she just decided to kill him in the like while they were, you know, being intimate. Oh. And she was laughing during the trial when they were showing the pictures of his remains and stuff. Oh. And when his mother was testifying, she's laughing and looking down. And look up uh, Taylor Shabusiness. I will. Obviously, something terribly wrong. Yes. Yeah, and she's a mom of like a one or two year old. Oh, and, then, and you know, you see video of her with her child, and she's so different. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And her dad testified. Her dad is in prison. So, like going back to that, there's got to be some trauma right. in 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 the early stages of your life that will lead to this. You know, this type of behavior, yeah. that and drugs. Yeah. But she was on. She was um She said she was on meth when it happened. Yeah. Well, I think that says it all right there. <laughs> yeah. Cause meth. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, you know, with the Paul Bernardo, what was weird about Paul Bernardo was, and this goes back to answering why the interest, you know, years earlier, my daughter and I and some friends, um, we were part of Take Back the Night. You know, those marches where women come out and, and they try to educate the public on, you know, it's too violent for us at nighttime. And one of the uh, mandates on that march was putting your porch lights on that rape goes down when porch lights are on so it was to educate and we we did the march in scarborough because there was a rapist all over scarborough yeah so that, that goes right back to paul bernardo because you know so it was meaningful to me you know to go and uh and see the trial at least for a couple of days anyways yeah that's right he was, so this was before they got was it before they got caught he was a when years they were scarborough. he was a serial wow. rapist years right before. right and then DNA tied him. DNA tied him, and evidence and witnesses tied him to it. And plus, Carla Homolka did say he was. You know, I guess that there was enough evidence. Um, unfortunately, they felt they needed her testimony to to capture him, despite the you, fact they had all that video. Yeah, so I think she only got twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that she would have turned to, you know, that? mentality no, had she I not do not think she would have I don't think she would have um I was much more sympathetic about her before I went to the trial I felt that she was also a victim but I don't think she would have been a killer but I think she definitely would be going she's submissive with whoever she would be I would think yeah and mm -hmm. um and she was just whatever storm of she was obviously really in love with him and obsessed with him and when and I'm sure there was drinking but when you find out that she was so demented in a way she maybe she would be a murderer i i guess i'm wrong because she offered up her sister right was well, complicit in yeah. her death was complicit kind in of, death. i'm sorry it, it's kind of reminiscent to the moore's moore's murderers ian brady and uh myra henley i don't in know england them. no um oh the couple was, yeah like in the and 60s they, 
yes. Yes, I did yes. watch a documentary on them. I just couldn't remember their name. Yeah, that was freaky. They had a and it was a thing. Yeah, and I don't think that one of them would have been a, in complicit either. Right, because she was very much submissive to him when she met him, and then she just kind of went with everything that he wanted to do, and they were co-workers, and they met at work, and they got involved, and then she got to know. He was very um, into, like, the whole Nazi thing, and, you know, like, yeah. and she he got her involved in, you know, and all that, and then she found out that he was into the things. He wasn't, they buried people, and he mm -hmm. uh, promised that he was going to say there was only one boy who was missing that they never recovered his body and they actually say that there, there's photos of them standing on top of where they buried them yes and, buried him that. rather yeah, yeah. and then um, the mother died without ever knowing and then he died he promised that he was going to let his attorney say who mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. and he never did mm -hmm. he died and they never were able to recover his, his very, sad. very sad yeah. yeah yeah well in in Dahmer which I know you watched yeah, um, I binged that <laughs> twice. I watched it twice. Um, was um, that that the, there's an interview where he's talking about what 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 makes a serial killer, and it's the deacon or the the minister who says they think it might be related to fathers coming back from war and um, such, you know, or something like that. So very creepy, very scary. Um, what else? What about that new serial killer? The one they caught last week. Oh, oh, that. I mean, you know, I saw his interview, like he was being interviewed for like some local. Right. Why are they interviewing them? <laughs> yeah. No, you know, it was like prior to his getting caught. Oh. He like such a normal person. It was like really? they were interviewing him about his the business he was involved in. I don't know. You know, it almost looked like a chamber of commerce type thing. Yeah. Job he had. I'm not sure what he what exactly he did. Was it like, wasn't real estate? Was it? I don't like, know because I was not able to to follow up on the story. I just saw the news breaking and I really couldn't even tell you his name right now. I should look it up while we're talking. <laughs> I, know, I know, you know, I can't think of his name either, but you know, I, I've got his mugshot in my brain right, right. now, but he, um, apparently they found a vault with like over 200. A vault? Yeah. A vault in his home. Uh. And they're trying to see if he had committed any of the murders now in his house, because right. I guess it was a secret vault that not even his, wife might have known about and he had like 200 different guns and stuff in there and wow wow so, i think a lot yeah. of people would know if you built a, a vault in your house you yeah so you'd think so i mean it doesn't Unless it was already there <laughs> but you know yeah you know, any construction goes on around here all my neighbors know what's going on yeah. surely people would know he's building a big freaking vault man right <laughs> his the before he was caught was called the gigolo beach Murder, right? Low Beach serial killer, yeah. But Rex Hoorman. Rex Hoorman, um, yeah. Murder charged with murdering three women whose bodies were discovered in 2010 near the beach along Long Island's South Shore. Yeah, I think they're trying to pin the fourth because it was the 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 four. What do they call them? The Long Island Four or something like that. But they mm -hmm. only had physical evidence of three. Mm -hmm. One of them being the hair of his wife. How crazy is Whoa. that? So they were like, you know, there was no doubt that it was him because I don't know, you know, his clothes or something. Yeah, and her hair wound up on one of the victims. Oh my god, oh, that's really creepy. That's so yeah. creepy. Can you imagine? Yeah, she filed for divorce like immediately after. Good he got girl. Married. I worry yeah. about the ones that don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a book called um, uh, what is it called? Uh, I married a serial killer. Right. Women who love serial killers. Oh yes, I know that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, have 
have there been couples serial killers? Rose and Fred West uh, were married. Um, well, you got uh, Ken and Barbie, <laughs> Carla Homolka and Carla uh, Homolka. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bob Bernardo, and then yeah. you got some Moore's murders. The real uh, Barbie Heimer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really. Um, you got um, Ian Brady and uh, Myra Hindley. Um, off the top of my head, that's all I can think of. But yeah, they are there are couples. But that's a few. That's yeah, yeah. That's just it's just few. something I never thought of. That you know, the couple that kills together. I, I don't yeah, know. yeah. That slays together, stays together, right? Right. <laughs> but the the Fred and uh, Rose West, they they even killed their own kids and buried them in their garden. Oh God. It was, really bad that one was Ugh. really bad and crazy just crazy well it's funny because one of his friends this guy at the long island killer uh um his one of his high school friends said oh i'm not surprised at all he was a recluse really? yeah very quiet you just saw him as a guy by himself he barely spoke um that does not make you a serial killer but i guess yeah <laughs> There must have been a mood of creepiness. Well, they said that about Ted Bundy, too, that he was a creepy child. Yeah, well, didn't he put, like, the knives all around his his mom while she was sleeping? He placed knives around her bed (laughs) while she was And his mom wound up being his sister, and he didn't know that until much later. He thought his grandma was his mom for years. But it was actually... And they actually think that his father was his grandpa. Yes. Yes. I I, I don't know if they've proved any DNA, but they do think that's what happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So that's very. Again, if there's always some, some form of trauma that totally you wind up finding out. But oh. like Dahmer's mom too, you know, like there was a very difficult relationship between him and his mom and his dad yeah. too. It seemed like they were just very, very dismissive to it's. Oh, you know, now what did you do? But you know, like yes. Well, I think she probably heard. Obviously, she had a depression and substance abuse portrayed right. in that series, and. um you know, and that maybe the husband was semi-abusive to her. It, it did yeah. appear that he was abusive to her. And um, yeah. But she left him and picked the other son too, had have, have had a lot of impact. When she left, she only took the younger brother. Right, right. Yeah, she did not bond with, um, she probably had, what's the female when you have after neonatal, um, postnatal depression? Postpartum, yeah. Postpartum depression, yeah. She probably had that and didn't bond with uh, Jeffrey. Yeah, being well, her first with David. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you just you know just never ha- came out right again because we we don't know what the symptoms are. We didn't know what to look for, and it wasn't a culture that was as self aware, attempting to be as self aware as now. In the same yeah. way that we have so much cameras and DNA, it's easier to get caught. It might be easier to get help too. Yeah, like the the whole there's there's so many cases of that Munchausen by proxy, like oh, the God. Gypsy Rose Blanchard is. I think she's getting out soon. Mm. She's the one that killed her mom. Yes, because she she made it like she was sick. Her she even thought she was sick her entire oh, life. She was that a was a great kid. documentary, Eugene. It's about oh. a a, do- a little girl who's always sick and always in the hospital, and eventually, and she doesn't even know her real age. I yeah. don't even know she always looked 12 years old or something. And eventually then she killed her mom and they're all like, what, what a monster she is. And then they found out the mom had been poisoning her to keep her sick. And changed doctors every time that the doctors started getting like, wait, what's, you know, when they started getting suspicious, every time she brought her in, she'd switch doctors, she'd move, switch doctors just so that her daughter could keep getting the, these medications for like 
like like a, what a cancer patient would get. It's it was so sad, and she had her on a wheelchair because she said she you know she she wasn't allowed to walk at all in public. She had to pretend that she couldn't walk. She even was scooting herself off, like and you know because they got like um, the Make a Wish Foundation built them a house and all sorts of just craziness. Wow. Just to, and her boyfriend actually. I don't I think he's got no chance of getting out, which is where there's a lot of the controversy about why is she getting out and he's not if she put him up to it. Oh you know, because she hid. She actually she had her murdered, but she hid in the bathroom while he killed her. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, she's getting out soon. Yeah, in general. Of, yeah. In general, I, I'm wondering if the serial killers see themselves as part of a tribe of serial killers or more often do they think oh i'm not like those people those horrible monsters i'm not like that i'm my question. own kind of monster what a great I've, question yeah i've read um i've read letters that my husband had with between him and gacy and gacy hated to be compared to he was like don't put me in the same category as those losers and this and that and i'm not you know <laughs> yeah he, <laughs> it's not funny but it's funny <laughs> yeah i mean it's my husband has volumes of letters that wow. he, he corresponded with ramirez um Dahmer was killed uh right before right he had just gotten his visitation rights to go see him and he was killed before he could go see him but he's got letters for gacy he's got he's got just a, and the course, and I've got a few letters. I corresponded with a few myself. Oh. A few of them are dead now. Like, did you ever, um, you know, the movie Party Monster? No. About Michael Ellig and the club no. kids back in the, oh, that is such a fascinating case. Um, but I, he's, he passed away about three years ago. He was, he was pretty young. He was like in his fifties when he passed away. I remember away. him dying. I know the club kids, but yeah, it was a murder involved in it. Oh so yeah. Back up for a second here. What do yeah, you say sure. when you write to a serial killer? Oh yeah. Do you mind telling us? Well, yeah, not at all. It's 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 actually kind of funny because like a couple of the ones that I very first started is it writing. Funny? Them, Eva, is it funny? <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> because there there were friends of mine that were writing to some and they're like, Oh yeah, you should write to so and so. He's oh my and, god. And, and trust me, and they're like, he's really nice. And I was like, okay. So it's I just, just started so off creepy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I got something actually pretty funny to tell you about the creepiest person in the planet. But he, uh, <laughs> you know, I just started off like, hey, I'm Eva. I'm friends with so and so. And, uh, you know, I was told to, you know, give drop you a line and this and that. And and that's kind of how I start. You know, I live in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. And, and a lot of people use P.O. boxes because uh -huh. they don't want people to know where they live uh -huh. but yeah. I oh. just use my real address and <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow i was like okay because so a lot of people so did, are you saying that quite a few people like to write to serial killers is this a yeah, thing there's thousands oh. thousands yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. i never it's, i never thought about this at all my it's a thing it's, it's a, a thing. huge thing yeah wow. and so i wrote to uh doug clark he was one of the first. Well, the first one I wrote to was Wayne Henley. Okay. His case was a Houston mass murders case, the the, the Candyman murders. But yeah. he was, and actually, we're still in communication with him. We we have phone calls with him. He, Rick has been involved with him. Rick did an art show for him back in the oh very early nineties. Oh, These the weird thing is that the they are all such gifted artists, and I don't <laughs> know, like I don't know what the I'm connection. So sorry. Is. Maybe there is a creative connection, though. Yeah, there are. Well, it may be because I, I, 
I don't want to stop your story, but I wanted to throw in that, you know, there isn't in response. Also, I, I hope we can catch up here and go back to where we were, but yeah. that there's not one thing that a serial killer is per se. It may be head injuries. They may have that in common, but there is a sense of a coping skill that they yes. are trying to understand trauma being triggered. And then it's a coping skill. It's a horrible thought. However, I think some art is a little bit of a coping skill. Not maybe not for me, but for many people. <laughs> for some people, a lot of people, yeah. yeah. A lot of people, it's a coping skill. A yeah. lot of them don't learn or don't even realize how great they are at drawing. I mean, there's some that are awful. Like Rick has a framed picture of a croc that BTK sketched. It's hilarious. We call it the BT, BT croc because it's so it's this kind. See, they kind of interrelated right there. BTK is the bind tie kill, right? Yeah, buying torture kill, yeah. Buying torture kill, yes. Yeah. And he's the one that compared this new serial killer to himself. Unbelievable. Well, according oh. to his daughter, because his daughter, you know, she uh, recently came out and she's done yes. a lot of interviews and stuff I like that. I watched all that. Her yeah, so she said yeah. that, she was like, my dad said that, you know, she, he saw a lot of similarities, just like <laughs> a family man and, you know, just yeah. involved with the community and, you know, churches and whatnot. And he wound up being this monster and... Um, but going back to Wayne Henley, yes, please. he, um, and it's going to sound really strange, but he is a really nice man. He, he was 16 when he was imprisoned. Okay. 16 or 17. Yeah. And, um, under a lot uh, the influence of a lot of drugs back then. And he got involved with this man and, you know, and became an, like, um, an accomplice per se him and this other young man it, it wound up being another story of abuse the other guy that was involved in this um was being abused by dean coral since he was like 10 years old mm -hmm. and they they dragged him into it and then you know the wayne's little brother was under threat because this guy was going after young boys and they're grooming them to be accomplices yeah. so it was, it was kind of like a case of like if you don't cooperate i'd really love to get to know your little brother type of thing Ugh. you know so well, yeah, he, did, he he wound up killing him. He wound up killing this the serial killer guy, yeah. and he went to prison. He told he told the police where everybody was buried. Mm -hmm. He helped dig mm -hmm. him up and stuff, and all these missing kids and whatnot. And he's been in prison since I want to say it's been over fifty years since mm. he's been in prison, mm. or about fifty mm. about fifty years, maybe not. I think it was a very early seventies. Um. So a friend of mine was telling me, you should write to him. So he and I, you know, became friends and stuff like that. On You know, we still talk and we, we talk on the phone and stuff. And, wow. but Doug Clark was the one, he was the, um, son, the sunset strip killer. Hmm. His case is wild, but I don't write to him anymore. It got to be too much because he was sending me like packages, like just sick of stuff to read through. And oh. I mean, he was, I was just like, I can't do this. And they were like, I was getting them like almost three to four packages a day to read through. And oh, what do you oh. think of this? What do you think of that? And blah, blah, blah. And he would send little cards and I had, I had gotten laid off about, this is about 15 years ago. Mm. And he sent me a card and some stamps. And he was like, hey, cheer up. You'll get another job. And this and that. Here's some stamps so you can keep writing and you don't have to spend money on stamps. And wow. it's really bizarre. And he would send, he sent me this little thing that said, I am not the sunset strip killer. Because mm. <laughs> like, he, he completely says he's innocent, that it was his, that it was his girlfriend. He was blaming oh. it on the girlfriend that oh. her and her like lover were the ones that set him up and whatnot. Um, Interesting. And Michael Alec, he... Um, Could that be was, true, by the way? No. 
I don't think so. <laughs> You're think not falling for that. As the day is long. Yeah. No, I think he's. Just, <laughs> I mean, I think I want to say she's in. She's in prison too. I think. Yeah, she is in prison too. I believe. But uh, no, and her last name's Bundy too. So it's wow. <laughs> no relation. But wow. <laughs> I, I want to say her name is Carol Bundy, but I might be wrong on the first name. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think it's true. I think he absolutely is one thousand percent what he's being, you know, who he's being accused of. Yeah. Um, Michael Lally. It was fun talking to him. Uh, he he died. He got released and died like two years later mm. of a drug overdose on Christmas Day. Mm. Um, but uh, he he was funny. He was into old films. He loved Betty Davis and stuff like that. So it was kind of fun to talk to him about that. And he was like, find me a place in Boys Town, you know, like in Chicago. He wanted to move to Chicago, and wow. he didn't even know there was a Boys Town until I told him about Boys Town. He's like, what? And, you know, and I told him that Carson Peary Scott was now a target. He was just like, what? <laughs> so it was kind of fun talking to him. I, I have an odd odd question for you. I and, and I. I don't know really how to ask it, but how does it feel when you get a letter back from someone that you know has killed several people? Like, it is what goes through your mind? Believe it or not, one of the first things, when I very first started doing it, it gave me the creeps to hold a letter because I'm like, the hands that wrote this letter killed someone, killed yeah. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I somebody had gifted me two pictures that um Richard Ramirez his art was all basically tracing but I got two two sketches that he did and this was before I started writing to anybody and I gave them away Mm. I was like I can't have this in my house I was like so like just creeped out because he's I mean you know just and then you know I started writing to them and you know and it was kind of surreal at first and there's like this weird excitement like I know it sounds crazy but it's like oh my god I got a letter from, you know, so-and-so, you know, like, uh, it's, it, it was just mixed at first it was mixed emotions. And then like, with like in the case with Doug Clark, I was like, Oh God, I got another letter. It's like, you know, <laughs> it almost like you almost become accustomed to it. Like just, all right, I got another wow. letter. You know, it's been so long. Like I even, I don't know if you guys, have you guys heard of, um, Sam Little? He did oh, all this. It, it was a African-American, uh, older man. Mm-hmm. He just recently passed away too he was the one that like colored in like with crayon and stuff the pictures of all his victims by memory and this is going back to the 70s wow and he um it it was in the news a lot actually um because they had like some of the women were unidentified so they had like the pictures like that he drew and they were able to start identifying people through his and he knew everything down to what they were wearing like he had like a photographic memory I sent him a photo of myself and I have a framed picture that he drew of me with the, with the crayons. Well, and then, uh, but the funny thing is that one time he wrote me back and he goes, I don't even know if you're a woman or a man. Like, oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Well, maybe he was paranoid but, um, about being punked or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that could be it. Or he wanted to talk. Just, just because someone is writing to a serial killer doesn't mean they're being honest. Absolutely, you could be be anyone, right? And you can't bullshit a bullshitter. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, for for what for just to bring it back to some kind of uh, uh, the ethics of this is that we have massive. We have a volunteer system that's. I think it might be called Friends of Prisoners, where people write to people in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, Why wouldn't we write to a serial killer if we're writing to somebody who murdered their wife? If we remember the movie Dead Man Walking. 
Yeah. Uh, he was a violent criminal. Sean Penn played him, and Susan Sarandon played the nun that had a, a relationship right. with him. And it, it was, was based on the book she wrote. And that this idea that it's spiritual compassion, yes, they're in prison. They did wrong, but they're still humans. And maybe there's some value in in, in addressing their humanity. Right. It's a little bit like the guy, the deacon, who talked to Jeffrey Dahmer. What that was my favorite part of the whole series was that that sequence was where it was like, at some point, there really is a human being in there. It's very yeah. difficult for us to imagine, but that the the ethics of it that it's a spiritual practice to to not be judging someone. Exactly. A serial killer, serial killer might be where I draw the line. Yeah, I know. But I, I, I also don't feel like I want to be judgy about it because it's still, there also may be some value we don't know about from these kinds of correspondences. It's almost like the amateur sleuth in podcasting. Um, it, it may be that some. Yeah, there's a lot of those, aren't there? Yes. Hey, the don't may, Fuck With Cats was great. Yeah, I can't watch it because of the cats. They don't thing. show anything oh. graphic like that. It's just how. Um, Luca Magnata wound up getting caught okay. because of these armchair detectives that they call yes. like the, the yeah. cyber sleuths and stuff. Yeah. They did an amazing job tracking him down to the like where he was. And because of them, he got caught. Mm -hmm. Well, also that, that was the guy who was mailing parts, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah that was I was working for the post office at the time. Oh. And we weren't amused. Oh, Eugene. Oh my gosh. Because yeah, it was in Canada, wasn't it? That it happened. Yeah. Wasn't it in Canada? Yeah, it was yeah. in Canada. Yes. Wow, yeah, that's that's scary. See, so you have had contact. It, <laughs> it's the trickle down of these kinds of violent <laughs> crimes. But that's when you watch Dateline, by the end of it, I often am crying for the family because the the reper, rep, repercussions that tr that trickle through society from either a man killing his wife all the way to a serial killer. Um, it affects dozens, if not hundreds, of people. And and again, it goes back to why the interest, because we're afraid of being a victim. Because yeah. women are victims of men. We're we're vulnerable to their violence. Not all men, have, you know what I mean? I have found myself saying a lot, like, and it's half joking and half not. I'm like, I've watched enough serial, I know, and read about enough serial killers and true crime stuff to know not to blah, 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 blah. I mean, yes. Hopefully it's like, like you said, it, it's, it's, it's like the more, you know, type of thing. It's like, I don't know, like not to be so trusting with certain people who are just to trust that gut instinct. There's a book called, it's an old book by Gavin De Becker called um, uh, the gift of the gift of fear. And I love and that it, book and I love him. And I've talked yeah. about him on the podcast before. That's funny. Really? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. He was on yeah, Oprah. I, he was on Oprah in the 90s yep. when the book came that's out. That's when I got the book. Yep. Yes. I saw him on Oprah. Yes. Yep. And he said, when you're, afraid, when you're afraid on the street, what intuition is, is you know something, you just don't know what it is, why you know it. Until so, you go back. And you're yeah, like, so when you're no. on the street and you feel a fear, you should act on it because I, you may have seen someone or something in the corner of your eye that you didn't even intellectually process. So that's yep. why you have to trust your intuition. It's your subconscious. His and acting he's, behind the scenes. He's the one who said, never go to the second location. What do you mean? Like, uh, uh, if you are that. confronted and someone goes, get in the car, let them kill you oh, on the street. Man. Let them kill you on the street because they'll be taken aback. They want to take you somewhere where they have more control. Right. You still have control on the street if they're trying to push you in a car. Die die going into that car 
Because you're going to die on the car anyway. Never no, that's a good second. point, huh? Never go to the second location. Yep. I always I always drill that into my kids' heads. And, and my friends and family would be like, you know, you're really scaring the bejesus out of them. I'm like, you know what? And I hope that that, that fear yeah. saves their life someday. Yes. God forbid they're ever in that situation. But I used to tell them, nobody's going to come after me. Yeah. Nobody's going to, you know, if they say, oh, we're going to get your mom. We know where your mom is and this and that. They're not going to do it. Right. Scream, bite, punch yell yeah do whatever you can right where where you're at yeah because one of the, yeah you're right because one of the other modus operandi of serial killers is opportunity and let's face it if they might be watching serial killer movies too so they know right. where not the to catch people yeah. they're going to have or they're going to have to outthink the standard procedure of trapping someone yeah you know when i, I used to live in mexico when I was little. Yeah. And I went to first and second grade there. Now, the reason that I would put, because my mom used to put that fear of God in me too. Like nobody's going to pick you up. The only other person that's going to pick you up is your, you know, her sister, like your aunt, so-and-so anybody comes, you know, it's a lie. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was in first or second grade. Cause I, that's the only two grades I went to school in Mexico and I was getting out. This lady comes up to me. I remember this vividly she yeah. was like oh your mom said to pick you up the, the cliche your mom said to come wow. get you and i was like really i said because my aunt should be here if she's not she's like well she's with your mom because your mom's not feeling well yeah. and i was like really because you know you're like <laughs> she starts to grab at my arm she's like come on let's go she's like i'll take you home and i was like no i'm like because my mom said you know <laughs> and then my mom's walking oh go, my god right Oh and then God. she just took off. And wow. I always joke morbidly, but I'm like, because in Mexico, there's all these little food stands that they tell you don't eat on the road because <laughs> okay. you don't know what you're eating. You know, like it could yeah. be dog, whatever. I'm like, I could, I was a chubby little girl. I'm like, I could have been like tacos before, <laughs> you know, like I, who knows what would have happened if oh my, my mom drilled that in my head, you what know, an awful thought. Yeah. So and then now we're much more aware of the human trafficking. Although I remember my you know, parents talking about it. I thought my parents were crazy. Like, you know, human slaves? What? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and Lord knows, and you know, joking aside about the being taco meat, whatever. Yeah. That's probably exactly what that was going to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and my mom called the police and everything. And I, wow. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. But thank God that she was. She had that forethought at me at five years old, drilled that mm -hmm. into my head and I drilled it into my kids' heads and, you know, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She saved me. <laughs> when, when they catch the serial killer, every parent should be so glad. Look, I wasn't lying to you. See, this can happen. You should tell your kids about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the problem is, you know, and Eugene, we have to tell our daughters about this. At some point, they have to be aware because they really don't believe you. Well, yes, and and people who are killers can be anywhere and can be really anybody. Anywhere, and they're and they're charming. Look at Clifford Olson is homely guy. How did he get all those kids to listen to him? He was super charming. He's a con artist. They, I they worked with him. a guy at at uh, the post office many years ago yeah. who didn't come into work one Monday morning because he was arrested over the weekend for slashing his girlfriend's throat. Oh, and um, oh my god! I mean. This he was like a really nice guy. Yeah, I, I didn't know him real well, but I worked with him. You know, I saw him just about every day. He just seemed like an average guy, 
and he denied he did it. No, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, he ended up doing a stretch in prison. And when he got out, he said, well, you can't arrest me for this again. I did it. Oh, uh, yeah, Jeopardy, I did it many yeah. years later. Wow. Well, I'm glad he did confess. Yeah. That. And there was, that, I remember at the time there was some issue because he was like out on bail awaiting his trial and he wanted to come back to work, <laughs> but nobody wanted to work with him, oh, right? even though he was innocent until proven guilty. Right. Yeah. But nobody wanted to work with this guy in case he did it. How did you did deal you with imagine? that? So I, I, I think that they, I, they probably just, just paid him to stay away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, suspension with pay or something. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but right. we never saw the guy again. And it was like many, many years later, we read in the paper um, uh, that he admitted doing it. Well, I wonder why he did that. Admitted it. Maybe he had to get it off his chest. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe you know? get it off his chest knowing that he couldn't get tried and convicted yeah. again. Yeah. And maybe he was in his case, he wasn't like a premeditated killer. It was right. like a crime of passion. Yeah. yeah. I think he had a fight with his girlfriend and it escalated and suddenly she was dead, right? Yeah, and maybe there was substance abuse. Maybe he's in a program. Could, yeah, and, it could be. And being honest is part of uh, recovery. So, interesting. I didn't know that punchline to the story. You know, there's a, that saying that in your lifetime, you you come across people, and you don't even know it, that are like killers or serial killers or whatever, that everybody more than likely will pass somebody by that is. Yeah. involved in something like that or know him like you did you know like you knew this person I knew somebody too um many years ago it was a, a well she admitted to it though it was like one of those she was fighting with her husband and mm -hmm. you know she had a kitchen knife oh my god he I guess came at her and she just reactively mm -hmm. and it was she had an artery so mm -hmm. um she did her time and stuff too but if you knew this couple you never would have seen that coming it was wow. like one of those like what you know they were like so happy together they were you know scary but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that you just don't yes. know about yes and you know you know murders can be either reactionary or premeditated but they they are often <laughs> and they're surprising sometimes with the people that, that commit them yeah um Eva do you know anything about statistics that serial killers have waned that serial killers have i'm sorry that, that they have waned there's less of them now is that true or false have you heard anything about that i think i've heard something about that and i also think again that i think it's they're so easily caught now or if they are you know what i mean like i i, I think that they have waned but only because you know but that's a really good question because have they really waned or i mean are people just afraid to get caught or are they just getting better at not getting caught so that's the question right because of all the technology now maybe they've just evolved or something because there are i mean we are seeing that there are more um very surprising cases like with this guy that just got caught right uh, right yeah you know um that's a really good question i'd have to look into that i i i wanted to say yes i think it has waned a bit I have I don't know of any actual you know I have not I don't have any like right background to prove it like uh, nothing that I can cite or anything like yeah. that but one theory I'd heard was that outlawing hitchhiking 
Oh yeah, that oh, was a, a big reason for that. Yeah, yeah, and, and the generational thing with war. And I saw this morning, and I can't find it. I I was going to look at it. it. Was something like expect a surge in serial killers in twenty six years? Really? Yeah, I can't I can't find the article right now. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> Send it to me when years. you do because why, I love twenty six. Well, years? that's what I was. I I didn't find out the reason. I didn't read the article. I was going to look at it right before I invited you guys onto the podcast. No, it would be, you know, I, I could see making a case for um, uh, America in situated in, in, in the geopolitics mm-hmm. uh, and the Vietnam war and yep. serial killers. I could see yep. making that right. relationship. It'd be very interesting to see what do we see a difference in crime after the pandemic? Uh, are there different crimes or different it, right. killings or what, right. like what has that done to us? Right. If the war could do really yeah. bad things to us, well, yes. has the pandemic done really bad things yes. to us too? Well, and I think this kind of study is really important because there's no correlation between police, numbers of police and crime rate. And if there is any correlation, it's minimal. Um, the biggest drop in the crime rate was in, in the 80s. And that was, it was 20 years after Roe versus Wade. They simply weren't born because mothers know whether they can handle raising a family or not. Women know. Interesting. Yeah. It's not a very pretty statistic. It's difficult to digest. It's from Freakonomics. They were looking into crime rates and everything. And the only thing they could find was Roe versus Wade. Wow. Well, maybe, you know, like you were saying that the pandemic, you know, like with, with the shutdown and whatever, or the lockdown, there was all these pandemic babies born. Maybe, maybe that does, you know. Well, and I'm wondering, it just occurred to me now, maybe that 26 years is 20. I didn't, I did not find, I'm going to try and find that article, but maybe the the figure is with this abortion situation in the States. That it's outlawed. Maybe we're going to be right back there again with high crime rates. It's a shitty correlation. Yeah. And a very difficult kind of study to make, to do. Yeah. Um, with any accuracy, because all we have is our recent history. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's, That's true. really interesting. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see the article if you find yeah. it. Yeah, I will. I, I'll try and find it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. I mean, they still. It's still a compelling movie topic. It's a compelling. Um, it's compelling everything. Um, I think I first got into it from the writer John Fowles. And there was a movie made called The Collector from one of his stories. And oh, I watched it, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the first time I kind of thought, what? And then The Eyes of Laura Mars. Oh, so that was that. early. Oh, isn't that a beautiful movie? And guess yeah. who um, one of the people in the movie is? It's not just Faye Dunaway. It's Tommy Lee Jones. And my friend Jenny, if you're listening to it, we thought Tommy Lee Jones was the shit back then. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was in there. <laughs> yeah. And then you don't hear from him much in movies after that. When he got a second almost career, we're like, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he, then he was on The Fugitive. Exactly. That was kind of his back, his return, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, mainstream. I'm sure he was working all that time, but the kind of celebrity status he got was, I think, after The Fugitive. Yeah. 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 There's a lot out there. There's, and, and it's crazy how, like, when I first started getting into like, like reading, you know, when I, as I was older, you know, I was just, you know, and people that I used to work with, they, one of them, this was when I used to work at Sears back in like mm-hmm. 84, 85. Yeah. 
my coworker used to call me Charlie's angel because like Charlie, you know, like Charlie Manson, yeah, she yeah. was like, you're Charlie's angel. Oh, but that's she, so funny. Because she was always seeing me reading these books and stuff. Right. And, and I remember um, it was so like another time I was working at this other place and I was reading this book and my coworker got kind of like upset and almost like offended that I was reading this book. And oh. I was like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know why, you know, he's like, I just don't understand why you're so into this. And oh. don't you think about the victims' families, let alone the victims? And what if, it, you know, the, 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 the same thing I kept hearing every time, what if this happened to somebody in your family, which mm-hmm. I have had crime happen in my family, yeah. you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm like, I get it. You know, I know I've, I had situations in my family where, you know, people were murdered and stuff and winds up that he was the cousin because it was just like an older gentleman uh-huh. of kitty genovese oh my god the famous rape victim yeah that she was like nobody helped her and but that may kids. be an urban myth too right i don't yeah. know there's they still argue over that but yeah i know kitty genovese of course the famous yeah. one where she screamed for ages and no one called the cops or looked out the yeah. window and then didn't he leave and came back into her apartment I think uh, so. complex to, yeah. to finish finish yeah. Yeah. But he started. Yeah. But yeah. So then he told me that. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. He's like, you know, you sh- he was re- really upset, you know, and yeah. I apologize. Is- I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the, the biggest misconception about people who are interested in this type thing is that like, you're getting off on it. And you're like, they're like, what do you find so interesting? And what do you get out? Why do you get off on reading this? I'm like, I'm not getting off reading anything. It's just interesting right. to, I'm sorry if that's offensive, but you well, know, it's, I don't, it's not what you think I'm interested I don't think you're alone. And I, I think now we've we've really come to understand more why people are into true crime and serial killers. And, and the number one reason is because we don't want to be victims. But the second exactly. reasons would be, you know, you want to be protected. It's like fairy tales. We tell those horrible stories to children to keep them protected. Um, to yeah. keep them, to know, so they know how to read the unconscious mythology of danger right yeah and, and, and it's evolved since like like with like with i was telling you about how like in the mid 80s or whatever that they used to tease me and, and some yeah. people would get mad at me and what now flash forward 20 25 yeah. years later all you see on tv i think i was about to say that because Shows, podcasts exactly. youtube channels that dedicate yeah. it to, to yes. that's all you see now yes. that's yeah. all you see because everyone is interested in it and you know yes. it's funny because uh, helter skelter speaking of charles manson that freaking book blew my mind i loved it but every kid in my high school was reading it like everybody yeah. was reading it uh at the time it was and it's still like a kind of an initiatory goth punk initiation book you know that was probably one of the first true crime <laughs> books i read myself that yeah. one and the one about um mcdonald what was his name the one that uh try to blame it on he killed his family he was a green beret um what's his name mcdonald oh, I, I can't remember his first let me look it up real quick but um that book too he's uh wait let me see green beret Jeff, I want to say it's Jeffrey McDonald. Let me see. Yeah, um, I don't know that story. Oh, he tried to say that it was because uh, it was right around the time that the man. Did he have black frame glasses? Happened. Did he have black frame glasses? <laughs> no, yeah, I know. His, oh, Jeffrey McDonald. Yeah, okay. Jeffrey McDonald. Um, he he killed his his whole family. What was the name of the book? And would we um, not call that family annihilator now? Yeah, he yeah. was a family annihilator. Yep, and. Uh, he um fatal vision was the name of the book oh, 
good title. And it was made into a movie. Uh, and um, so I forgot what the point I was. Oh, that was another, that was like another book that kind of indoctrinated me into the whole, you know, like Helter Skelter, Fatal Vision, Amityville yeah, yeah. Horror. Yeah. Amityville Horror book. I was For sure. like, when I read that. For sure. Oh, yeah. It wound up being just nothing. That wound up being just a hoax, but. Yeah. There was a, a movie called Murder by Numbers. I think it's, I it was been. called. Oh yeah, the documentary, not the the drama, right? No, the book. It was the movie with um about the two boys that were in high school and no, Sandra Bullock. No, no, it's got the same title, and maybe I'm wrong about the title, but it's a documentary about serial killer movies and serial killers in media and how the um the growth, the emerging growth of it in the nineties. Did they like, use the uh, Sting song as a theme? Oh, what is the Sting song? Murder by Numbers. Oh no, oh. but that's a good idea. I don't think that they is did. A good idea. I don't think they did. You know what? That reminds me of something really random. The the Elvis Costello song, "Watching the Detectives." I always thought that she was kind of involved in the murder, but I read something where it, he wrote the song. He was he knew a woman who was watching detective stories, and wow. while she filed her nails, she was really literally watching Dateline. <laughs> Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen um, the documentary? It's on YouTube um, for free. Uh, the Killing of America. No, I love the title. It is right so good. Oh, wow. Okay, it I'm is so good. It, it touches on everything from like the I Hate Mondays girl that yes. did the school shooting to Wayne Henley that I was telling you about. And What's it called? The Killing it, of America? The Killing of America. It's a documentary. It's 1981, actually. So oh, that's an old one. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll be looking it up. Oh yeah, yeah it's really, really good. You you will you will find it very interesting. It talks about just a lot of that era's. You know what I mean? Um, crime that was going on, like the Whitman and all that stuff. Juan Corona. Yeah, and you know, it's all on the tale of Vietnam, right? It's I think it touches on that too, yeah. if if I'm not mistaken. It's I'm oh, you're going to be really mesmerized by that. Oh, you know? okay, cool. Um, there's another book. I think it's called Why Gary Why. Um, let me see. Why Gary? That's why. a great title too. <laughs> yeah, Why Gary? Yeah, it's called Why Gary Why, and it was about a man. And they have the actual on YouTube. They have the actual clip of when this murder happens but they stop it at when it's going to happen and i want to say they incorporated this in, in uh, the killing of america too but oh. it was a man who his son was being had been sexually um molested mm. and the guy got arrested and they're walking him and he's like on a, in a payphone and then he just turns around and kills uh the guy who abused his son on camera oh wow and they arrested him and stuff yes. for, for killing him. Well, I feel like him. I saw that. Yeah. Of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They stop it as soon as he like turns around. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I saw a clip of that very recently. So I don't know why that's, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I watched yeah. it over and over again. Cause I felt that guy's pain. Yes, exactly. Just like that woman too, who didn't, there was a woman who did that too. in in, uh, in court when her, her daughter's killer was, uh, on trial mm -hmm. and she shot him during the trial jeez yeah and uh i always like i'm like good 
like, you know, know. It was back I, in know. The days I you... feel bad you have to go to prison, but I understand why you did. And I understand yeah. it's probably worth it. I, it, it was, I, I always said that too. Had that, God forbid, but had, had that I been know. one of my kids or whatever, no. I would have done the same thing. I mean, well, there's like even... this button that's this thing that just clicks and it's like you, mama bear just kind yeah. of, well, you know, yeah. you know, the yeah. parental instinct comes up and it's oh, like, yeah. I will do whatever I can to and protect and revenge. <laughs> absolutely when you see parents of victims of serial killers they're just like uh, that they can even be interviewed is amazing it's mm -hmm. so generous of them you know and um and then like the mom of the columbine shooter yeah she did a ted talk well she may have done a ted talk she also had to do a ted talk really yeah that's interesting but she had to do a payout those parents had oh she was a, a victim her kids were victims uh no 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 the, the, the mother, mother of one of the, the columbine shooters oh yeah but they also had to do a payout yeah, I think that they should do to everyone with kids that do this, um, yeah. because they have to pay probably about two million dollars to victims wow. in a not in you know in a, one of those um, <clears throat> civil cases, civil court cases, rather than by the government or the. So you think? So you think um, your stance is what is it like? The parents should pay for their children's. Yes, I do think they should be. Um, I hate to say it, but I mean, kids are their own person, but these. Guys were in your garage building a bomb. Uh, it's just, you, a lot must of have, you must have seen something. And why don't you educate yourself about what to look for? I mean, these are alienated kids. They're disenfranchised. They're unhappy. Why don't you notice? That I mean, is true. I There's certainly know when my daughter's unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. Not afraid yeah. to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, because you hear so many parents just saying, I never, I never saw the side of him. I never, you know, he was, mm. he or she was a good, you know, kid, blah, blah, blah. I don't like, believe them. I don't believe yeah. them. I think they're lying. It's same as it's, it's like interviewing Ted Bundy's parents. Um, the one thing I do like about the, uh, uh, or t the, you know, or Dahmer's parents, they're unreliable narrators. Um, yeah. It may not have come from them, although Ted, uh, although Jeffrey Dahmer's father was portrayed as saying, look, this is my fault. I have what you have in me, too. He does right. say that, which is fascinating. fascinating. And then he didn't make any money off of his book either. Right. Right. Yeah, because people boycotted it. Or did yeah. they just or did they just give it to the families? Or it, um, sell. it didn't sell. I think they did give it to the family. I want, yeah. if, I'm not, you know, yeah. what, I'm not too sure. Yeah. But, you know, I think. They're not understanding part of the, it's an obvious part of um, a, a narcissist problem in a weird way is that they think that they can out talk the situation of their children being a killer. Yeah. Um, you know, I get it. 25 years old, really, it's not in your hands anymore. But if you're 16 or 17 and you're living at home, something's wrong. Do I want yeah. them to go to prison? I, I don't know about the prison, but I want them to be accountable. Then you think about like the the very young young killers like I mean I'm talking before they're even ten years old like um mm -hmm. what were those boys in England that took that little boy yeah. he was like three yeah. years old well um, I I don't doubt that we won't find an uncle or a cousin if not the parents someone in the environment who's done something to them I don't right. think they woke up and were into torturing I think that they didn't have any company community or guidance. You yeah, like Mary Bell too. Mary Bell, I think it wound up that she was being abused by her mom and yes, like mom's yes, boyfriends and stuff yes. like that. If I'm not mistaken, Mary Bell was like what eight or nine when she killed the first 
little and boy. Irene Warnos. I mean, an entire lifetime of abuse. So it's not no, just... I felt so sorry for. I know it sounds ridiculous. I absolutely feel compassion for absolute compassion. I just her story just broke my heart. It really That's the did. movie Monster, um, Eugene, with Charlize Theron. Okay. Yeah. It was just uh, one of the, the few life. Yeah, saddest life, one of the few female serial killers. And the thing is, it's very Thelma and Louise. I mean, at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, these guys were assholes. I understand why you're triggered, you know? Yeah. And she just got herself into a more and more dangerous, whether they really were raping her or not, it's, you know, I believe they were. But, um, you know, she was she was doing um, sex work and she felt threatened, you know? What do you think about the whole thing about her? And I'm sorry, I know we've gone an hour. I hope I'm not keeping you guys. Not at it's all. Been, oh, it's, it's just become an entire episode. That's all. Yeah, you're a whole episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it's, it's all good. Record. It's been so fun talking to you guys. Yeah, what um, are we going to call it? The Killers. Okay. The Killers. <laughs> okay, we got it. That's perfect. Um, But... uh. What was I going to mention? I was going to say something oh, in about it. about uh, Eileen Wernos related. Oh yeah, it just it just it it breaks my heart. And uh, but there was something else I was going to say, and it it just It'll you know what? Don't worry about what it was, but I know I had to do something with Eileen Wernos. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's um, usually my job to lose my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like I'm like oh we're, I I noticed the time I'm like oh my gosh I I've kept you guys on. No, I'm loving it. I was relieved. I was relieved. I was hoping we would have a good conversation. Oh, I, I feel I, like we've just we might have to get you back for the killing of America or something. We we should do a a watch and talk about it. I'd love to watch that again. That. It's one yeah. of my favorite documentaries. It's, wow. it's old and it's like a lot of it's in black and white. It's huh. that grainy 80s, yeah. you know. It's so interesting and um I think you'll really enjoy it. It's very like raw, you know, like really, really good. Cool. You know? Cool. Um, and I think you'll enjoy it. I think we should watch it and then maybe come back and talk All right. about it. Well, let's touch base with that. I love can. that. And I think, you know, we might probably think about 20 things we wish we had said or asked after we end this today. And we'll, we'll cover it then. Okay. <laughs> it's thank been you great. so much. What an engaging conversation. It's so much fun talking with you. Totally. It's so much fun so talking much. with you too as well. Thank you so much for having thank me you. on here. It All was right. so fun. The hour went by super fast. Definitely. I looked at the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I kept you guys in here. It's just been so much fun. Oh, I'm happy. It's great. <laughs> okay. Talk to you again. All Bye. right. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye.